Red Dice Diaries podcast, a rambling journey through the wonderful world of RPGs by a longtime GM and player. The music at the start of this podcast is Shinigami by Tarek, used under Creative Commons license. So this episode, we're going to actually start with some voicemail messages that have been left for me. So let's crack on with those listener calls now. Hey, John, this is Robert from DM Dad. Um, I'm really intri- intrigued by uh, your idea about using bullet journaling to uh, to manage your campaign notes. Um, I use I use a bullet journal uh, regularly in my non-gaming life. I've been uh, bullet journaling for, um, I guess, probably coming up on two years. I've got to the point where I cannot actually function in my day-to-day life without my bullet journal. Um, and I had thought about using it for gaming as well but um um i never got around to kind of working out what i would actually do so definitely like to hear more about how that works out for you and like what i don't know some of your specific suggestions for uh you know how you how you would organize it and what you would what you would keep in it and what abbreviations you would use and stuff because it's something that i'd definitely be interested in trying myself Hi, Robert. Thanks for getting in touch. I'd love to hear a bit more about your own sort of bullet journal experiences. It's something I'm only recently getting to grips with myself. My bullet journal at the minute is fairly unimpressive. To be perfectly honest, it's a notebook. I've only really got as far as like putting the index page in and a couple of calendar pages. This is for my my ongoing campaign, Rose of Westhaven. And because that uses a sort of semi-faux historical sort of setting based in the Midlands campaign setting and we're currently running in the year 1550 I've basically got a couple of calendar pages in there at the moment divided by month so one for January which is where the game started and one for February and all I've really got at the moment is a list of the, the date and the days of the week, which I got off a sort of Julian calendar generator online. I've also jotted in the phases of the moon as they change against the relevant dates. And just after each of the calendar pages, I've put a note for like real historical events that happened. For instance, in January 1550, in the real world, um, Parliament in England passed a law slash act encouraging iconoclasm sorry encouraging iconoclasm if i can put my teeth in which is for anyone who doesn't know it's the the destruction of religious iconography so just little notes of stuff that i can actually bring into the game then i've got a session for other notes so i can jot down anything massively important that happens in that particular month or that I might want to carry forward. And my plan is to basically next to where the dates are, jot down anything in particularly important that the player characters do that's going to affect the sort of world at large. And also I can tick off the sort of dates as we go along and keep track of the dates. Now, as that goes on, I'm hoping to expand it into NPC notes um, rather than trying to like update my notes per session as I did previously, because my current season of the campaign if you will is more adventure centric i'm going to be updating them after each adventure now we've just done the the first adventure 
which means I'm about due to update them. And I'll probably be producing an episode of the podcast talking more specifically about that once I've done it. But obviously, we're getting into the Christmas period. Everything's getting a little bit more hectic. And I really want to actually listen to the recording of the session back to make sure there's nothing I've particularly missed, although I have got notes that I took during the session. I probably should have just updated straight into my bullet journal as I was doing that. But at the time, because I already had loads of paperwork over my desk, I was playtesting the Behind the Walls adventure that I've been working on with Glenn Sale that should be coming out soon. I didn't want to have any excess paperwork on the desk, so I just made a few notes on index cards and on the actual session plan, if you will. And I'm going to transfer them into my bullet journal. But my plan going forward in the future is to actually update into the journal. But like I say, I'll probably be doing more about that as I go on, and I hope to do a an episode specifically about that as I'm updating it from the previous session notes. But thanks for getting in touch, Robert, and hopefully there'll be more about that in the future. John, this is Jason Hobbs from Random Screed. I'm about to listen to an almost an hour podcast from you, you son of a gun, and I can't believe I'm going to do it. I don't usually listen to that long of AnchorCast anymore, but yours looks like it has some serious production and multiple people, and uh, I'm expecting it to be entertaining. Anyway, I was just dropping you a line, bro. I haven't listened to your show yet, which kind of makes me feel bad, but I'm going to now. Thanks for getting in touch, Jason. I'm glad you've found the time with all the many and various games and podcasts that you're doing to have a listen to my own humble recordings. And yeah, the, the group ones that we do do tend to run on a little bit long. That's because, well, you know what it's like. You get a group of role players in a room or talking about a subject that they're quite passionate about, and we tend to run over a bit. I think if it weren't for Lloyd having like notes and being dead set on keeping us to a specific time schedule, we'd probably run on an awful lot longer. But we do appreciate that not everyone's got time to like listen to like a two, three hour podcast. So we try and keep it down as much as we can. And I tend to like edit out any any mad waffling that goes on in it if it's only tangentially related to the subject. But anyway, thanks for giving it a listen. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to your next Kalamata session that I'm playing in, which by my time should be taking place in about an hour. So speak to you soon. Take care. Hi, John. Frank here from Frank T's Liner Notes. As someone who's also working on a 5e light project, I'm really interested to see where your 5e project goes. I had considered going the route of uh, making it a skills-based game or a skill, skills-based homebrew. I'm not sure what we want to call it. But uh, instead, I went the other way, and I'm looking to eliminate skills as much as possible and possibly completely if I can. Um, <clears throat> but I think the important thing is to maintain compatibility with 5e rule set. And uh, I think that's the best path to, to take. So it'll be interesting. Hi, Frank. Thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually getting started on my 5th edition homebrew, although I'm probably not going to start doing any sort of real work on it until the new year. So I've got a few projects that I want to tie up first before I actually can devote sufficient time to that. But I, I, I can see what you're saying about eliminating skills entirely, and I'm torn between 
the two, to be honest, because I do like the, the skill system in 5th edition, and I do like skill-based games, since I think it makes it very easy to see what your character is good at, effectively. But by the same token, I'm also a big fan of OSR gaming, which tends not to really have any sort of skills or very minimal skills that are sort of special use ones, you know, like the Dwarven sort of architectural analysis and stuff like that. And I certainly do enjoy those sort of streamlined, like minimalist mechanic games. So I'm really torn between the two. I think I'm almost doing it more as an experiment to see like what I could actually do with it. But I entirely agree. If you're going to do a fifth edition sort of version or hack or whatever, then I think you really want to have it as compatible with fifth edition as possible. For myself, like I said, I'm leaning more towards doing a skill-based sort of version at the moment, but I'm also probably going to be influenced by my love of OSR games. So a lot of it, I think, is going to be looking at fifth edition and seeing what I can actually trim out of it to make the the game as streamlined as possible. Because whilst I think... Uh, Fifth edition is great for having lots of character options, and I've really enjoyed playing it. I've been lucky enough to play with some great groups when it comes to fifth edition. Something about having uh, the, the more sort of streamlined OSR rule set and just being able to create a character and just jump straight into the game without having loads of like faff and loads of uh, agonizing other characters, which I'll be talking about in the mainstay of this episode, really appeals to me. But as I start work on it, I'll no doubt be doing some podcast episodes based on it. So hopefully you'll be listening in, Frank, and we can get a bit of a discussion going, along with anyone else who's interested about the hack and your own experiences with doing your own fifth edition homebrew. So thanks again for calling in and leaving a message, Frank, and hopefully speak to you soon. So the main theme of this episode comes about from a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine, Johannes Pavola, who you'll have probably heard in many of the group podcasts that we've made. Like myself, he's a big fan of the World of Darkness and the slightly grimmer, more fatalistic style games. Johannes is planning to run a game of V5, the latest edition of Vampire the Masquerade soon, and kindly extended me an invitation to play in it, which I'm really looking forward to. Now, as is the case with a lot of games recently, suddenly, since online stuff has become more prevalent, he's made a Facebook group for it so that we can have a little bit of discussion about it before the game actually starts. And this is something I'm a big fan of. It's something I tend to do for all of my own games. I've seen people do it with G plus communities, um, MeWe, Facebook, whatever your social media choice of preferences. And I'm sure people do it on emails as well, but it allows you to start building up a bit of enthusiasm about the game. One thing that did come out of the, the conversation we're having, so obviously debating the, the nature of the game is how much debate and how much give and take there is when a a game is being decided on, when the core concept of the game is being decided on. Now, I'm no stranger to group creation of games. I love Power by the Apocalypse games. I love um, things like Dress and Files Accelerated, um, Fate games that encourage you to create the world and the situation between the GMs and the players. Now, John Drury, who is a, a good friend of mine who runs excellent fate games, sort of suggested something which got me thinking a little bit, where he said, 
surely because I, I was sort of saying well how much debate do we actually need with regards to creating the core concept of a game and he was saying that well surely you actually need a bit of give and take when it comes to a game and that got me thinking how much give and take do you actually need because i certainly remember that when i first started role playing it tended to be very much the case of a GM would say, right, I'm thinking of running D&D &D or Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, or I'm going to run a game set in this campaign world or whatever. And that was that. You turned up as players knowing what you were going to be getting and ready to jump in the game. If the, someone said, oh, well, I'm going to run this game and you really weren't a fan of it, basically your options were you could either try and find something you liked in it and play in the game or you could just go no it's not for me thanks very much and you could either wait until another game come around or you could go and look for a different game that was pretty much how it used to work back in the day so to speak now as times move forward there's been a greater proliferation of games that encourage the players and the gms to actually sit down and create the campaign world or the core sort of concept of the campaign between them which i think is by and large a good thing because it gets players more invested in the game but i also think that as with anything in life it can be taken too far now i've certainly been in a few games only a few thankfully where the the discussion and the the sort of back and forth the to and fro deciding what the campaign is going to be has almost become an ends to itself and as in some cases has gone on so long that the game hasn't actually been played because people have started getting bored with it they've drifted away or the game has transformed into something that they're not really very keen on and they've stepped away from it and i know i've done this myself with a couple of games or after the groups have been talking for a while you've seen sort of cracks developing you're like well i'm not really sure this group's going to work out in the long term for a campaign now that can be a good thing because well obviously if you sort of see a group talking you think well this group's probably not going to last for a long-term campaign it's better to be finding out beforehand than actually finding out when you're really invested in the game but i do think there's also something to be said for just the gm saying like right i'm going to be running a game set in this world you create your characters, you turn up, you bounce straight into the game, you get on with it. Now, I think if that's going to work, you need to have players who are all of a similar mindset. You need to have people who are willing to turn up, knowing what the idea is that the GM is putting forward, and ready to run with it. If you get people who turn up and they're like, Oh, well, I know we're supposed to be playing in like a heroic fantasy D&D, but oh, that's not really my vibe. Putting, well, first of all, my first question would be like, why the hell have you turned up to a game that you know you're not going to like now i can see why people might have done that because they might say oh well i'm not so sold on the game but i know this gm's a good gm i like their i like the style of running a game for them but i would argue if you're going to do that you're sort of setting yourself up for a bit of a disappointment unless you're one of those people who can go well i don't really like the overall concept of the game but there are little elements which i like in it and i'm going to be able to focus on them and get my enjoyment out of them without disrupting the game for the rest of the people so i suppose what i'm trying to say in my typically random and rambly fashion is that i think a certain amount of 
discussion and give and take before games is justified. However, I think if it goes on a little bit too long, it's almost gratuitous and it can actually prove detrimental to the game. And I also don't think there's anything particularly wrong with a GM just saying, this is the game I'm going to run. Are you interested? Because you always have the choice of going, no, that's not for me and walking away. If that is the style of game that's going to be run though, and I turn up going, right, we're going to be playing a heroic fantasy game where we're exploring dungeons, and I turn up prepped for that, and another player turns up with a character that's not really designed for that at all, or they don't seem to enjoy dungeon exploring, or they're not even a fan of fantasy or whatever, I'm really not going to be that sympathetic if that's the core concept of the game, and that was made known before the game actually started. So I suppose what I'm saying is players... You need to know what sort of game you're going into, whether you're going to have say in the campaign world or whether you're not. And you need, once you know what sort of game you're going into, you need to prepare and be ready for that sort of game rather than trying to change it after the fact into something that you would prefer. And GMs, I would say you need to make it absolutely clear to the players what sort of game they're going to be getting and how much give and take there is going to be when the game is being planned. So that's it for this episode. If you have any questions or suggestions for things you'd like to see in the podcast in future, please either email them to reddicediaries at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail at Anchor. Until I see you next time, whenever you're playing, take care and enjoy yourself. <laughs>